We are super excited to introduce Maintain IQ for restaurants. Maintain IQ is a modern digital checklist system that simplifies your operations. They are designed specifically for restaurants. You can standardize, track, and manage food safety procedures, temp logs, daily checklists, preventive maintenance, and ongoing repairs. He's saying that you can, managers will save up to 10 hours per week. You can repair, you can reduce repairs and maintenance spend by $5,000 a year. Staff will know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Everything is digitally recorded. Minimize liability, ensuring safety, cleaning, and compliance standards are upheld. This is the best thing since sliced bread, guys. And we're going to talk about that in just a second with Sharpies. But we are talking about a checklist to do every single thing in your restaurant that's all kept nice and neat in a little app. You need to call Will Jackson. His number is 888-534-0261 and set up a 30-minute demo. If you do that, I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio hat or I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio t-shirt. Just send me a message on Instagram. Check out Maintain IQ. We absolutely love partnering with Sharpier's Bakery. Aaron Moso has been selling bread, fresh baked bread, to locally owned and operated restaurants six days a week for 36 years. Yes, her father started the company 36 years ago, and Aaron took it over uh, five years ago, and it is doing amazing things. I have so many guests that come in the studio that are like, I love Sharpier's. They save me so much time, and their bread is so good. So we, uh, we've got round buns, specialty round buns, dinner rolls, hoagies, baguettes. They do cheesecake. They do flourless chocolate torts. They do specialty loaf breads and regular loaf breads and boulies. Boulies? B-O-U-L-E-S? Sourdough, long Tuscan, wheat, multigrain. They got everything. You should go check them out at sharpies.com. That is sharpies, C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S.com or you should give them a call at 615-356-0872. Supporting local is so damn important. And Aaron Moso and all of our friends over at Sharpie's Bakery do that daily. Give her a call right now. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, fresh and relaxed, back from vacation. Had an absolutely wonderful time in the panhandle of Florida. I felt like I was living a John Cougar Mellencamp song where we vacation at the Gulf of Mexico. A lot of fun spending time with the family. I missed doing podcasts. Uh, What an awesome episode with Preston Denny that uh, Kayla Ellis put out with her Gospel of Cocktail podcast. Another episode coming up this Wednesday. You're going to love it. She's talking with Twin Wynn. And she is, I think she's the head bartender at Oku in Germantown. Um, They've been working close together for three years And this is just a fun interview. I cannot wait to put it out for you on Wednesday, a brand new episode of Gospel of Cocktail. Now, I am telling you guys, we've got some good stuff coming up. We are working with net checks. Now, here is the thing that we are doing. We are going to be creating a bracket. So it is bracketology 
in August, late July and August, we've got 64 Mexican restaurants. These are locally owned and operated Mexican restaurants, and everybody has their favorite. I've got my favorite. You've got your favorite. Is it the Rose Pepper? Is it Memos? Uh, I love my local El Agavero. I love Cancun in Bellevue. There's so many amazing Mexican restaurants, and everybody has their favorite. They got their favorite guy. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a 64-team bracket, and it is going to be put out at the end of this month. You're going to go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. You're going to click the I want to vote, and from there, you will vote for your favorite Mexican restaurant or plural, however many you have. You can vote for one, you can vote for 50, or for half of 64, whatever you want to do. And we're going to whittle it down to a final four. And in those final four, we're going to pick a winner. And that winner will then get a party. We're going to throw a Mexican Independence Day, which is September the 16th. We're going to throw a party on the 15th, which is a Thursday. We're going to have mariachi bands, the whole deal. I'm going to be recording live from the restaurant we are going to have a blast. So if you want your neighborhood repped, we've been on all the different sites asking for who the best Mexican restaurant is, all that stuff. We think we've got them down. That's going to be up next week. Hopefully we're doing our final meeting uh, on Tuesday this week. So we're going to make that happen. So excited that NetChecks has decided to partner with us on this. NetChecks is just an amazing partner in all things that they do. So if you need an HR solution, if you need a hiring solution, if you need a payroll solution, NetChecks is the company for you. If you go to netchecks.com, that's N-E-T-C-H-E-X.com, you can sign up. I have a feeling that the winner of this contest is gonna get a really great deal with NetChecks. They're gonna be somebody they're going to completely, completely hook you up. So, that being said, back from vacation, uh, had a blast. We went to Destin and man, I tell you what, uh, I'm with family just hanging out, but I cannot go to a restaurant and have bad service. Do you guys know what I'm talking about where you go somewhere and people just do not give a shit about you? I felt like I got that in a lot of places. Um, it was all over the place. Like it was just a, why are you here? What are like, just fine. I mean, the service was so it, was just, it wasn't good. It was almost like, look, we know you don't live here. You're only here for one week, and then you're going to go back to wherever you're from and just eat and leave. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to me. We went to a place called Beauchamp's, which is like my wife's favorite restaurant in the world. That place, amazing. Service, top, top notch. Uh, we also got to go eat at Party Fowl. Party Foul, which is now in Destin, was so much fun because we had Austin on the show. And Austin told us, he teased us, he goes, I got something really big coming up, Brandon. I can't tell you about it for another week, but it's really big. And it was their location in Destin. That was the thing that he was holding back. And now it is open. I got to eat there. We had an amazing time. It was so much fun. That restaurant, again, service was amazing. Dawson was our server. Shout out to Dawson. And he brought us the poultry guy sauce. My kids, seven and eight years old, got to eat the hottest sauce in the world. And it was hot. It was, it was really, really hot. They just had like a, like a tiny, tiny little taste and they had an absolute blast. Um, I hope that you got to take a vacation this year. Hope you got to spend some time away. It was nice. I enjoyed the drive down there. I, does anybody else like, like driving? I love just being in a car and driving for like multiple hours. I love listening to music. I love just talking. I just love road trips. Really, really, really love road trips. 
They're just something about them just like fills my soul, makes me so happy. We made it down to Destin in six and a half hours. Uh, the kids, we stopped one time we got off the interstate. One time, the whole way there with two kids that are seven, eight years old. That has to be some sort of a record. Uh, the last thing I did on my vacation was yesterday. I tested out my new smoker. I did not buy a smoker. I built a smoker. 95 cinder blocks, a four by six foot grate for cooking things on. And I bought a couple ricks of cherry wood and I cooked yesterday. I cooked a brisket. I cooked two racks of ribs and I cooked a pork butt. I didn't know anything. I had no clue what I was doing, but it turned out really, really well. The food is great. And uh, I thought that uh, it was just a blast. So that was really fun. I got to actually cook. I had a fire, a really hot fire going all day long in my in my like fire pit. Then I'd transfer the coals underneath the thing, just like Pat Martin said in the book, Life of Fire. I followed it to a T. It worked amazingly. So awesome. So much fun. Thank you, Pat, for doing that, putting that book out there and, and giving me the, uh, the goal, the new hobby of now smoking meat. So I can't wait to do different things and have some people over and do that. But uh, today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. I can talk for hours and I want to talk for hours because I miss talking into a microphone. But we're talking to Rich Wolowski today. And this is an episode that I did a year and a half ago. This is a replay because I just haven't been out of town. I wanted to put something out there for you. And GFS is our title sponsor. They're our title sponsor because they're amazing. They do amazing things. Um, they live their core values. And this is something that I talk about in the interview with Rich. And I wanted to reshare this interview because this is not just something that GFS said, hey, we want to pay you to be part of your show. Um, I really wanted them to because them, you know, and what chefs want, those are great people. And they're people that I trust and they're people that I work with. And I trust, you know, I do vendor negotiations. And most of the vendor negotiations that I do, GFS wins. And they know exactly what we're looking for. So we thought, hey, look, let's partner together. And uh, if you would like to talk about your broadline business in any kind of a way, and you want to learn some kind of some of the inside stuff as to what to do, how to put out an RFP, what does RFP stand for? Feel free to message me. I'm happy to talk to you about it. I'm working uh, one right now. And uh, I've got a couple more on the books. So fun, fun things coming. GFS has been an amazing sponsor. They're also really good friends of mine. And this episode was cool because the CEO of the entire company said, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. Let's go. So here it is. I've reached out to Cisco. I've reached out to US Foods. I've reached out to PFG. Now, one of them even returned my call. I wanted to do four episodes where I had the CEOs from all four companies and I asked them all the same five questions back to back. None of them would even return my call. And Rich Wolowski from GFS said, yeah, man, I'd love to. So what do you do? Good, good people. And I just wanted to share this interview because, you know, it tells a lot about why they're our title sponsor and why they're amazing and what they do. So without further ado, let's jump right in with Rich Wolowski. Super excited to welcome in Rich Wolowski, and he is the CEO of Gordon Food Service. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Great to be here, Brandon. Thanks for the invite. This is pretty exciting. So I got to meet you a few weeks ago, and we had a, an amazing lunch. I just enjoyed our conversation so much that I said, we got to continue this on air on Nashville Restaurant Radio, and you said... I'd love to. What have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> yeah, it was a, like I said, it was a great lunch. And um, just to learn more about 
your business and and just what you're doing uh, during COVID was inspiring to me. So um, I want to thanks thank you for that time together and uh, just excited to be here to tell our story. Well, so I'm so excited to do that, but let's get into a little bit of you. And thank you for those kind words, by the way. Oh, yeah. The one question I'm asking people in a literal sense through all of this, there's a lot of people that are not okay. And I think that the term, just the, the, the general greeting of like, hey, how you doing? How are you? Is is like a real question. It can be a, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? But like, how are you doing? Are you, you, you making it through? Are you doing okay? Um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Um, I will tell you, it's been a roller coaster ride over the last 13 months. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, we've been, uh, I've personally been throwing every curveball imaginable. Um, I will tell you that someone asked me the question the other night, um, you know, if I was, uh, this, the same question and they asked me, you know, am I sleeping? Okay. And uh, that, I thought that was a funny question, um, but it made me think about it. I mean, the first four months of the pandemic, I will tell you, it was um, confusing and chaotic. And uh, I think everyone's lives were turned inside out. And with, you know, the question of, you know, what's going to happen next? And, and so I, I would tell you, the first four months were pretty crazy for me, um, but we hit our stride. We flex new muscles. Um, I'm so thankful uh, for the company, our, our people within the company. Um, you know, and, and from a family perspective, uh, you know, you always try to look for the good things. Uh, you know, I got to spend some cherished time with my kids. I mean, all of our kids got thrown back home and yeah. uh, they, they were doing their virtual thing, but um, just having dinner every night and being with them during this time was um, just, I mean, it was just amazing. And in my job, I get to, you know, I, I travel quite a bit. I mean, I'm probably gone three, four days a week before the pandemic. And, and of course, during the pandemic, I, I haven't been traveling much except for it, except for lately when I came to see you, that, that was actually my second trip out um, since the pandemic started, but I, I'm doing good. You know, I'm uh, I'm healthy. Um, I'm so excited about the future. I, I'm so excited about the future, and I'm just grateful for the experiences and and how we've all grown through this whole thing. So, but I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Good. I, I I did gain 20 pounds, but for the record, I lost 20 pounds also over the last couple months. So, there think, you go. We're on a similar track here because I gained like 25 pounds and I'm down 20. I got like five to go, but I'm like hitting the gym every day. I'm making it happen. I tell you, January 1st, I said, boy, I got to lose this. And so I got at it. <laughs> I feel a lot better about that. So you mentioned you had to spend some time at home with the kids. How many kids do you have? And what are their ages? Yeah. So I've got so married 27 years. My wife, Kristen, um, wow. just, she's a great, great partner and she's a rock and just love her to death. Um, I've got three kids. I've got a 23-year-old um, who's actually in con in the Congo right now, and she graduated from Taylor University. And then I've got two boys, one 19, one 17. 19-year-old uh, uh, goes to school at Taylor also. And then my youngest is a, uh, uh, a junior in high school right now. And what is your daughter doing in the Congo? 
so she got a she got a degree in public health um, at Taylor, and so think of public health. Just think about the last year. That's a public health issue. But um, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. She um, she got a degree in public health, and she's working for an organization called Samaritan's Purse. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Samaritan's Purse, um, longtime organization. Uh, uh, the Grams uh, started this, and she's in their uh, internship program on the International Relief Task Force. So she's over in the Congo for an extended period of time working on projects over there, and and then she'll be deployed to another country, uh, potentially the Philippines or somewhere else. But she's got a, a heart to serve, um, and she's got just a, a big passion about public health and it's water, it's sanitation, it's all the preventive measures, you know, that you put in place to, uh, you know, to make the world a better place. So she's thriving over there, doing wonderful. We keep um, up to date with her on WhatsApp. We probably talk to her more now than we did before, <laughs> but she's, uh, she's doing terrific and the two boys are doing great as well. That is so amazing. Um, I love to hear that. Kudos to her. So let me ask you, let's jump into some work stuff because I know that uh, I could talk about family and all this stuff all day long. Uh, but I want to know some more. I want to get into some GFS stuff because you mentioned that there's been curveballs and the first four months was was crazy. That's I kind of want to do a little bit of a deep dive into some of that. Mm -hmm. um, first off, how large is GFS? Like how big of a company is it? How many employees do you have? Well, before COVID, we had 17,000 employees and we're a North American company. So we're coast to coast in Canada. And if you drew a line from West Texas up, we're uh, east of Texas in the in the U.S. Um, we have uh, our, our, our business, you know, we have multiple pieces of the business. So we serve restaurants, hotels, hospitals, nursing homes, anybody that would buy food away from home. And then we have 170 plus stores in the U.S. that are um, like 25,000 square foot uh, stores open to the public. Uh, people can come by and buy, uh, you know, chef food, institutional food products. And uh, but 17,000 before COVID. So if you looked at it right now, uh, right now we're probably about 14,000 employees. What a, the chef stores, some of the, your stores, Gordon Food Service stores, what an innovative idea. Yeah. But so many people take advantage of that here in Nashville. It's just a, it's a huge help to a lot of restaurants. Yeah. And it's, it's not just for restaurants. It's also for, you know, anybody, anybody. I mean, you can come by and, you know, there's no membership. You just walk in and, you know, there's about 4,500 items in every store and, you know, you buy chef grade you know, restaurant quality products to take home and have a catering event or, or you know, just whatever you do. Um, there's all sorts of opportunities at your shop. So how long have you worked for Gordon Food Service? So I've been with the company, my anniversary is in a couple of weeks. So I've been with the company for 17 years and um, I got to know the Gordon family before that. Um, I've been in food service my entire life. I grew up on a farm in Western Pennsylvania. I've been in restaurant operations, distribution, and uh, did two startup companies in the food service industry. And the second one, 
that's how I met the Gordon family. We were uh, raising money uh, from uh, partners in the food service supply chain and uh, approached the Gordon family and they put money into the company. They became actually our largest uh, shareholder after multiple rounds of funding. But then we sold the company to uh, KKR and uh, that's when Dan Gordon asked me to come to Gordon Food Service. So you guys are a privately held company currently, You're right? Yep. Private. We're going to celebrate our 125th anniversary uh, next year. Uh, family owned, always family owned and uh, fifth generation in the business today. Um, I think we've got nine fifth generation uh, family members in all uh, different levels of the business. So it's uh, it's an exciting company. It's a an amazing family to work for, uh, which is one of the things I just love about the company. So I worked for U.S. Foods when U.S. Foods went public mm -hmm. and they had this big announcement and everybody was jumping up and down. And I kept looking around. And I'm like, why is everybody excited? Like I, what, now the shareholders control everything. Like why, why is everybody jumping up and down? Um, do you guys have any plans to go public? Is there any... I mean, you got PFG, GFS, or PFG, U.S. Foods, and Cisco, which are all public companies. You're kind of one of the big four that's still privately held. Um, anything yeah, in the future? Yeah, we're the largest independent food service distributor in North America. And the answer is there are absolutely no plans to go public. We, uh, we're a company that is going to stay private, family-owned, and uh, we talk about, and this is the way we think, um, our business, we think about it being around in perpetuity, which means forever. And, uh, and so that, that's just the, the backbone of the company, being independent, private, and thriving as an organization. What are some of the benefits to being a private company? You say, we're going to do this forever. Obviously, there's a cash injection when you look at, you know, going public, but like, what are some of the benefits of being a private company? Why would you want to stay there? Well, I, you just mentioned about being a public company. Um, I think the benefit of being a public company would be the cash infusion. You know, you're sure. able to, to raise money and expand and and grow with just a lot of capital behind you. Um, but I think the, uh, the benefit of being a private company and being a family-owned company, especially is that uh, we think about the business long-term. We don't think about the business by quarter. And so we double down and make bets on long-term opportunities for the company. Uh, public companies, you know, they just can't really do that because they have shareholders, they get quarterly results. And not to say that we don't meet our goals because we are very passionate about goals and passionate about, you know, being a high-performance growth company. Um, but a private company just gives you, uh, it just gives you more flexibility to, to do things differently. And that's really what I love about the company. You can be more nimble. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Especially during a time like this, you know, during the pandemic, when you have to be nimble and you have to think about the future, right? I think about what you guys do. I mean, that's why we love, you know, the food service industry and we love, it's so tenacious and I was just amazed by what you guys have done with your business and, and how, you know, you've just embraced the moment and, you know, the, 
the, the takeout, the delivery, just all the things that you're doing, um, you know, it's just uh, the way you got to operate in this industry. We are. We're, we're trying to do everything. We're trying to be innovative. We're trying to look at this as a positive, as an opportunity versus, oh, you know, uh, we're really trying to ask what can we do to excel our business during this time and which is a good segue talking about kind of what you're doing march 13th last year was the day of my first podcast and march 12th was the day that they canceled all of the tournaments the sec tournament they canceled the march madness the nba season canceled they stopped spring training hockey season was postponed all concerts were shut down all of a sudden march 12th it was like a a Every it became real for everybody. What was that day like for you, man? It was a day that I'll never forget. Um, it would take a whole chapter in a book to, to, cover, <laughs> to cover that day. I um, just right before that, um, I just got back from Brazil. I was uh, meeting a, a bunch of coffee growers down there, just way in the hills of Brazil. Um, just got off of long range planning exercise, just got finished with a board meeting. Um, and so we had, we were, we, we were off to a, a fantastic year and March 13th came and everything that you mentioned, all the shutdowns, I mean, it was just rapid fire, one thing after the other. And March 13th was a day, I, I mean, that we as a senior team, we said, cancel all your appointments for you know, the, the next week, um, let's huddle today. Let's, you know, wipe the plans out for the weekend. Let's be in the office over the weekend. Um, we had all sorts of war rooms, um, you know, uh, orchestrated in our home office, different teams of people, um, conference calls, town halls. Um, I mean, we were just going after it, just to, trying to figure out you know, where's this going to go? When does it end? You know, what is the impact? What about our customers? That's, that was the biggest thing. It was like, you know, what's going to happen with our customers um, was the biggest thing that we were thinking about March 13th. So it was, um, it was rapid fire that day. And it just kept on going and going for the days ahead, months ahead. Who's the first person you call? Like when you start talking March 13th, you're watching the news who do you call and go, holy cow, what we, we, we got to get together. We got, we need to call war rooms. I need this happening, this happening. Who do you call to set all that in motion? Well, I will tell you, I mean, I'm just going to lean on my faith here. Um, I'm okay to say that on the radio, right? hundred percent. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I will tell you, um, the first person I called was the man above and, and it, I, I was, all of us were in deep prayer. Um, we had numerous meetings where that was the first thing that we did. And uh, that was the first thing I did was just guidance and patience and wisdom. Those were the three things that I, I prayed for. But from a physical standpoint, um, who did I call? The team, um, our leadership team. And it was getting everybody together and getting everybody on the same page and, you know, attacking this just piece by piece. And, you know, also the Gordon family and our board, um, just keeping them up to date and getting their insight and their wisdom. 
you know, our company has been through, you know, 125 years. We've been through, you know, many, many different um, episodes, you know, throughout the 125 years. And so we just tried to do the best that we could, get all the information that we could. Um, but then also, you know, coming together as a team was really, really important. So I never, I never felt like I had the 400 pound gorilla just on my shoulders. We all carried the weight. We all did the work. We all figured it out together. And, um, and so that was a big part of it. What was the first big decision that you had to make? Was it going into the pandemic that you remember going, are you sure? Like, yes, we're going to do this. And, and you, and you went all in on. Yeah. Well, the first thing we had to do was, I mean, we were, like I said, we were a $17 billion company. And then overnight <laughs> we became a $13 billion company. So the first thing I did was pull an income statement, you know, from 2013 when we were a $13 billion company and I started peeling it apart, looking at, you know, what did we look like back then? How many people did we have? You know, what was our run rate, our KPIs? I mean, that was the first thing I did was pull the income statement out because we had to recalibrate the entire company to be a $13 billion company. And, and we had to think that way, you know, because, you know, we, we couldn't, you know, blindly think that we are just going to ride the storm with the current build. And so that's the first thing that we had to do was really kind of recalibrate the company and, and look at uh, how many people we had and, and, and go through that awful process of, of downsizing the company um, at that point in time. And, you know, we did it, we did it in a very, um, we did it in a very methodical way, but we also made sure that we did it in a very caring way. Um, we wanted to recalibrate the company in a way that uh, met our culture, which meant, you know, providing, you know, extended healthcare benefits, you know, and, and just all the different pieces of relief that, you know, we really owed our people as we went through that process. And I think that's, again, where being a private company, you guys can make those decisions and you're not beholden to stockholders who are saying we're in the middle of this thing. I mean, all the stocks tanked during this, but I mean, you know, you could, Hey, look, we're not going to be as profitable right now, but it's okay. We need to take care of our people and really follow through with our, you guys call them cornerstone values, but how, you know, so let's talk about that. I'm a big fan of core values and having a, a strong foundation. It sounds like faith is a strong foundation for you as well. What are the cornerstone values at GFS and how are you able to lean on those during this time? Yeah, I mean, I think above the cornerstone values, um, we're a company with uh, purpose and intent. And we're here for a purpose, for a higher calling, and we want to make the world a better place. And it is how you take care of your people. It's also how you take care of your communities. And it's, and, and it's, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And that's a big part of our culture. And then the cornerstone values are, you know, values that fit underneath that, that um, help us do our job every single day. And so the first one that we have is customer's king. 
And we're here to serve the customer. We're here to make our customers successful. And that's really, really important to us. And, and so making sure that in every conference room, you know, that we can, um, in every conversation, in every piece of recognition, that the cornerstone values are a way that we, you know, gauge, you know, how are we doing and what are we doing to uh, live to those values day in, day out. And I will tell you, cause I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to see the entire company, you know, from A to Z, every single place. And it doesn't matter whether you're in Winnipeg or British Columbia or Key West or New England, our values are alive. And it's something that, uh, you know, that we hold our people um, accountable for, and we're just very passionate for it. I love that you guys have, um, I love that war room mentality is one of your, uh, one of your cornerstone values. I love that because everything is all, it's very nice and it's customer is king and we're, we're going to do the best integrity and all of these things. And there's war room mentality. So it's a, we want to do everything the right way. We want to do it respectful. We want to work with our customers. We want to care about our employees. But damn it, we're going to fight. We're going to fight really hard. And we're going to be intentional. We're going to be strategic. Don't think we're soft over here because we want it. We want it bad. And I, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I just love that. Uh, I know. It's funny on the war mentality. We went through a rebranding a couple of years ago. And we were talking about um, redoing our cornerstone values, you know, you know, just maybe choosing a couple different words that are more relevant today. And uh, that war mentality came up and we were actually thinking about changing that. And we got out into some focus groups with the company and, oh my gosh, the passion behind, you know, behind that cornerstone value was so significant. We said, we're not going to touch that. But, and, and also if you think about this last year, think about what you guys have gone through. I mean, that is warm mentality. I mean, this industry, uh, what we've gone through in COVID, I mean, warm mentality is how you make it through it. And so I think that's a cornerstone value that's not going to get changed, at least on my watch, because it is um, it is alive and well, and it's such an important part of who we are. It's, it's digging in. It's having grit. It's working together to solve any problem that comes in front of you. Um. I mean, I, I want to get past talking about just the pandemic and all the things throughout the pandemic. I think it's fascinating to hear your perspective when you have a company of 17,000 employees at the time, just how your brain works. I think that's really fascinating to me. So thank you for, for entertaining my questions. If you could go back right now and give yourself today, March 31st, if you could go back to Rich Wolowski on March 12th, what advice would you give yourself? And we're going to get the answer to that question right after these words from our sponsors. We are so excited to introduce you to the future of restaurant technology. Go Tab is it. With GoTab QR-based online ordering and payment processing solution to the all-in-one restaurant POS software, you have the flexibility to adjust your service model based on your guest preferences and staffing levels. Our system even allows easy menu management based on what you have in stock. 
Unlike traditional restaurant POS hardware, you don't have to be locked in to one way of doing things that starts and ends with a server taking manual orders and swiping credit cards. You can hand off more of that control to your guests. Free up your staff's time to focus on great customer service and creating customer loyalty. You can even continue to use the more traditional server-focused ordering and payment processes for guests who prefer tableside interactions. Guys, to have that option is everything right now. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and you will find a $500 gift under the Go tab tab. Do a 30-minute demo, and I will give you a free hat or I will give you a free t-shirt for Nash Restaurant Radio. Just DM us on Instagram. Let us know you set that up. Go check them out right now. I think one of the most overlooked things that you can do on a P&L, which is your profit and loss statement, is dish machine and chemicals. It's just one of those things you don't focus on until it's too late. Let Jason Ellis from Supersource come in and do an audit of what you're currently doing and why you're doing it. His number is 771-337-1143. We believe here at Nash Restaurant Radio that every single thing that you do should be done intentionally in a restaurant and allowing some company to come in and just fix your dish machine without you knowing what's really happening is exactly what we're talking about. The thing Jason does the best is he can help educate you on exactly what's going on with all of your dish machines and chemicals. He can do staff trainings to understand why you're using what you're using, again, to be intentional. They don't make you sign any type of contract. They are week to week and can get you a brand new dish machine with three free months of dish machine rental. You need to check them out. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and then you will see... Super source. Click that tab for a special or give Jason Ellis a call at 770-337-1143. You know, what chefs want, some people still call it creation gardens, but what chefs want has been, was our first advertiser on the show. Uh, Monty Crawford saw what we we're doing. He goes, I want to be part of it, dude. I love it. And I just, I love that. They're so perfect because they work with locally owned and operated restaurants better than anyone. And let me tell you how they do it. No minimums, no fees, no fuel surcharges, no surcharges anytime. They deliver seven days a week. They have 24-7 customer support. You can call, text, chat, email anytime from anywhere. Or you can reach them at 502-587-9012. They have a diverse line of products. Their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh product daily. What chefs want is the perfect addition to any broadline company as they've got all of your fresh produce delivered daily, plus custom meats, anything that you need that your broadliner can't get. Give them a call 800-600-8510 or visit them at whatchefswant.com. March 31st, if you could go back to Rich Wolowski on March 12th, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, that's a good one. Um... Yeah, I'm kind of peeling that apart now because what we're doing is um, we're going to document um, and create a playbook of what we've been through this last year. But me personally, uh, you know, I, I talked about the first four months and I, I would probably look back and, and tell myself um, that this is going to be a marathon and treat it like a marathon, not like a sprint. Cause the first four months was kind of like a sprint to get things done. And, 
you know, I think history will will tell itself. I mean, tell all of us, you know, what we did right, right or wrong. But I'm I'm really proud of the way we handled the situation and the moments that we went through. And and like I said before, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. I'm very proud of how we did it, you know, how we made made it through. Um, but I would just probably say, you know, back then a year a year ago, just um, hey, it's a marathon. Take care of yourself. Get a good night's sleep. Be fresh. Um, first four months there were a lot of sleepless nights. I can imagine. Were there any big mistakes that you made? Anything you look back on and go, yeah, that was a bad call. I mean, I'm a big fan of mistakes. I, I, yeah, I encourage people to make mistakes. I met with my general manager yesterday, and I said. What mistakes did you make this week? What do you got for me? Like, tell me what you made. Like, what did you learn? Like, where are we at? He's, he's a newer general manager. And anything that you can recall over the past year that maybe was a learning experience for you? Yeah. The one thing that just I think about all the time is um, we're going through a ERP migration right now to SAP. And when we were uh, going through March 13th and the weeks after, you know, the first thing you need to think about is your balance sheet and uh, resources and you know all those things that you have to make decisions on and we put that on pause and uh you know we got it back up and running in the fall but when we put it on pause it it just you know we just lost momentum we lost some resource we lost some Mm -hmm. people through that and i i wish um i you know i think that you know it's six months if you look at it six months that we put it on pause but it it probably cost us more than six months as we uh as we start to ramp up, but, you know, just certain decisions like that, that you just, you know, I, I felt like I made a knee jerk decision on that. And, mm-hmm. um, but, that, but then again, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. And, and it gets back to this marathon, not a sprint. Um, but I would have, if I would have done that over again, I would have just kept that thing humming because we were making great progress. It's been a great journey as, as hard as it is. You know, it's all about the future and making an investment for the future. All right. So thank you for all of that. That's super interesting. And um, I want to move into general Gordon Food Service. And I, I, you mentioned that you did a rebranding. Was Because you used to have these trucks that just said GFS. Mm-hmm. And it was like the little stripe down the side. And it was red and orange, I think. And then... All of a sudden, this big truck that said Gordon Food Service real big on the side with like a pepper and something else. There's these real pretty trucks. Was that about the time that you guys did that? Yeah, that was the rebranding. And uh, we changed our tagline also. Um, And it was was needed. We had a, you know, logos only last so long. Colors only last so long. But we felt it was important to put the Gordon name on the brand, you know, versus something abbreviated. And we still say GFS, although we told ourselves we wouldn't. But I mean, we're a family-owned company. We should proudly have the Gordon name out there. Yeah, and that was part of it. And the other part too was, I mean, if you think of our trucks going down the road, I mean, that's our that's our brand. Those things are billboards when they come down the road. And we're a we're a food company. Um, we're not a a company that just ship, ship ships boxes. I mean, we're a food company. And so we wanted to make it really appealing and put some beautiful pictures of, of what food looks like in our restaurants. And every year, well, we didn't do it this last year because of COVID, but 
we always come up with, you know, five or six different, um, you know, pictures that we want to put on a truck. And we have our employees um, do a survey. And the one that gets the highest score gets that new logo in the fleet, uh, nice. which has been a lot of fun. <clears throat> and then the second part of the rebranding was um, our tagline is always at your table. And uh, it was funny when we came up with a new tagline, you know, we had, oh, I remember the consulting company <clears throat> had well over a hundred different taglines. And I said, you can't bring a hundred into the boardroom to the family. And so they narrowed it down to 20. And that one um, was picked out immediately. And the Gordon, the Gordon family, they, uh, they, they picked it and I'll never forget. I mean, it was almost, um, I, I think there was almost tears in our eyes when we picked that. And the reason why was because the family just feels so passionate about, you know, the table and a, a table is a place that you come together for fellowship. A table is a place that you come um, to get away from, you know, the day-to-day -day activities you know, it, it's the center of just fellowship and relationships. And, and and that's what we do. I mean, we bring food to you to take to your table. We bring food to, um, you know, a mom or a dad at a house to bring to their table. And that's what we're all about. And we're all about um, serving others and we're all about fellowship and so that was the, the backdrop behind always at your table. But um, we're having a lot of fun with the rebranding and the trucks and, you know, the social media tie-ins that we do. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's such a good story to hear. I mean, that kind of puts a bow on the, the warmth that I feel from your company. You know, everybody that I deal with that is from GFS, I get a sense of the warmth. And for those of you who wonder how these taglines and how this stuff is made, I mean, I love the fact that you bring it into the boardroom and the family loves it because it has such significance. Like it's not based upon, you know, these different um, focus groups that thought that this word sounded better because then people would buy from it. It's like, no, this is the family name and we're a family and this is our company and we provide food at your table. It means a lot of the significance behind, like it's that easy. <laughs> it doesn't have to be some crazy thing. Like it's, that's who we are. And I love, that's warm. That feels like, Oh, it feels like family. It's it's it, a good thing. I, I call it a tissue moment. It was a tissue moment when we picked that out. I'll never forget it. Wow. So I, I could go a million different directions with that. I know we don't have all the time in the world, so I'm going to ask you general GFS questions. What do you think, if I had you, if there was a panel right now, and I had you and the CEO of Cisco and PFG and uh, US Foods all lined up, and I said, Mr. Wolowski, what is the biggest differentiator between Gordon Food Service and these other gentlemen, and these other companies? What would you, what would you say? Well, they're all great companies. I mean, we, you know, we compete in a very fragmented market, and I mean, there's just so many great businesses out there. Some are public and some are private, um, but they're all good companies. But I would say what makes us different is our people. Um, and it's just something that we're very passionate about. Um, you know, we have a strong culture. Um, I mentioned before that 
you know, we strive to every day to, to meet our customer needs. Um, but our people really care. And I think that's the difference with us, um, you know, versus the rest of the competition. I mean, I mean, not that they don't, I'm not saying that they don't, but it's, it's something that, that we really cherish. We really care for our people and we care for our customers and we care for communities. And that's, I feel like that's what makes us different. I mean, it's not that they don't, it's just that that's the center of, of what we do. And, and I'm just really proud of it. I'm just proud of our people and proud of our teams and, and what they do day in, day out. I mean, we just super care about each other and, and the world. How do you, how do you identify those people? Is that when you're interviewing people, is there like one interview question that they have to ask that is a, you know, that kind of helps you identify, or do you use like a disc profile when you hire people to identify people that might fit? Well, it, it really depends on the position, you know, it depends on what everybody does, but we, we try to get to the heart of, of who everybody is. And, and, uh, you know, we don't always get it right. Uh, I'll be the first to say that, but we put a lot of, a lot of emphasis on um, making sure that people know the job and that people understand what this company is all about. And when you get into the company and you get to see it and you get to feel it and you get to see how we recognize people, um, you know, we, um, we have profit sharing as an organization. How many companies share the profits with the employees? very few. And when people get indoctrinated into the culture, into the fabric of who we are, you know, that's, that's when it all sticks. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's always a challenge, you know, people, you know, can find opportunities out there, especially in this day and age. And, you know, we, we try to find people, the right people, um, ask the right questions. And, you know, there's not just one single silver bullet question you have to you know, just do some great interviewing. And then when you get them on board, you know, then you got to just show them and mentor them and, you know, have them be part of the bigger organization and celebrate their performance and reward them for performance and, and have them part of the family. Cause every, it's not, you know, the Gordon family is not just, you know, the, the Gordons, the Gordon family is, you know, all employees within the company that that's what it's all about. I love that. I love all of that. So what do you, you've been going around visiting, you, you live in Michigan, correct? I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids, Michigan. 41, and 41 degrees today. How much is it? 41. Uh, we got 52 here today. All right. You're good. So we're, we're, it's a little chilly here today. It's a little overcast. We're ready for spring to happen. Um, what have you been seeing as you've been going around? You've said you've just recently been going out. The trip to Nashville a few weeks ago is one year first that you've gone out. Are you see, are you optimistic about what you're seeing out there? What are you getting from uh, the restaurateurs and chefs that you're visiting? Uh, what do you see for the future? Well, first, everything doesn't look like Michigan. Let me just say that. Um, <laughs> Michigan has been pretty buttoned down and, uh, but the rest of the states that we serve, you know, further south uh, look a lot different. And the business is rebounding. There's no question. Um, every week we see, you know, uh, you know, growth every single week from the week prior. So that that really excites me and it excites the organization. 
but what am I seeing with the operators? Um, th this is what just really excites me is on what people are doing to um, survive or thrive. I mean, you know, the actions that they've taken, the stories that they tell, um, how they're reinventing their business. And it's the menu, it's the customer experience, it's ghost kitchens, it's um, takeout orders. Um, it, it's doing new things that they've never done before. And it's been fun and just inspiring to see how our customers are making it through this challenge. And it, I think the industry is going to look different in the future. I, I don't know how. I wish I had a crystal ball, but I feel like there's going to be um, just a lot of new ways to do things, a lot of new innovation, a lot of new concepts, a lot of new menus. And that's what really excites us is the future as we think about, you know, post-COVID. Well, I'm, I am optimistic as well, and I'm excited. I've had a, a, a very similar kind of a, a view for you sitting down talking to chefs and restaurateurs for the past year as we've gone through it. So I've really got to talk it out with a lot of them, and it's been unbelievable for me. It's inspired me getting to gain this many people's perspectives as to what they're doing, and it motivates me. And I'm like, wow, I, the, the human spirit is so resilient and that people's the the piece somebody asked me the other day i was being interviewed and uh they said what do you think's the most important thing that going into restaurants post pandemic what's the most important thing that restaurants need and i said leadership in a fan in an attitude like a can-do attitude people that are not willing to give up and are hard like this is it we're gonna fight for this thing a positive attitude in leadership is the two things that you've got to have moving forward in a restaurant because we have no idea what can happen. And you've seen the people that have had both of those things are thriving right now. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, I think the restaurant industry has just rewritten the definition of the word tenacity um, <laughs> you know, through this pandemic and, you know, how people have just kind of retold what they did. And it, it's been interesting for us to watch and, and hear about, you know, even though the dining rooms are open, the uh, portability, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the pickup or delivery service, you know, for to-go orders is, is still there. I mean, people's business is still thriving on that. And that, that's that been, you know, great news for us to see that as well as, you know, customers are going to continue to have a, you know, growing piece of their business that, is going to be uh, takeout or delivery orders. So last question, I know we got to get you out of here. Um, the supply chain. I keep hearing about right now that there's these chicken plants and everybody's walking out and COVID and, and just I'm hearing now worse than ever coming up right now. The supply chain is in real trouble. What are you seeing? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. And, Every single one of my visits I've made, it's it's kind of. I think you actually brought it up. Do you know about Do you know about the chicken wing shortage? Yeah, I know about the chicken wing. Yes, shortage. we did talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a challenge, and it it's it's kind of hit and miss. And you know, it's on certain products. A lot of the you know portability products, the single serve, the to go items, have been a big challenge. But you know, it feels like the um, 
the center of the plate items, the chicken, you know, the pork, the beef, it feels like that is getting resolved because, you know, a lot of the manufacturing facilities are, are getting better at managing COVID in their, in their manufacturing plants. So I, I feel it's, it's getting better, but I do think it's going to be very dynamic as we look forward. Um, I think it's going to continue to be a challenge. And, and so it's just one thing that we're really focused on is the top, you know, 20 vendors that, you know, we have, you know, 80% of the issues with, um, you know, we're just staying really focused on them and having constant conversations where, you know, changing vendors when we have to, if one vendor is not meeting our need. And I think it's just going to, you know, for the operators, um, you know, just put, keep putting pressure on us. I, we, we need that pressure on, on fill rates and, and product availability. And, you know, I think it's going to require the operators to be a little flexible on, on certain menus, unfortunately, but I, I feel like this is going to be, um, you know, just full transparency. This is going to be a challenge for a while. Um, I mentioned at our last board meeting that, uh, if I was going to write a, a a book, chapter twelve would be, you know, it's it's harder coming up than it is coming down um, because you know ramping up is we're just going to have supply chain issues and I'm hoping we have mild inflation versus heavy inflation uh, for the industry. I um, I think about it all the time about you know inflation and you know all sorts of inflation how it impacts our customers and. You know, you got rent, you got taxes, you got minimum wage, you have, you know, product inflation. I mean, that's just a lot to be thrown to our customers. So we we talk about that and think about it all the time. But to answer your question, I think it's going to be around for a while and uh, just keep putting the pressure on us to to solve the problems. I know that we think about it all the time. That was my seven o'clock meeting this morning. What motivates you? What sucks you out of the sheets every day? You know, I would say that the reason why I come to work every day um, is that I know when I come to work at GFS, it's it's making an impact. And it comes from many different, you know, um, variations and many different uh, descriptions on what that impact is. Um, but it's the people. I mean, I, I just love being around people and I, I just love our, our company and I love our people. And uh, that inspires me every single day uh, when I go to work. It is not a job. And uh, I like to win. And um, I'm working for a winning company that just continues to keep me very motivated and very excited about the future. Rich Wolowski. Thank you so much for taking time today. You're not off the hot seat yet. <laughs> I knew you had one more in you. I don't have another question. I don't have another question. What I have is every single episode that I do, I do not take us out. I, uh, I ask my guests to leave us with a Jerry's final thought, so to speak. Um, whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say it to, if you said, you know, nib high football rules, I don't care. Uh, whatever you want to say for as long as you want to say it, take us out. Well, you didn't tell me you were going to ask me this question. Nope. Uh, no, a good question. It's not a question. It's just you say whatever you yeah, want. You no, know, I would. Um, 
I guess what I would say is uh, when you get up every single day and you put your shoes on and you walk out that door, think about the impact that you can make on others. And don't, don't get like wound up about the moment that we're in right now. Just what can you do to make an impact uh, for other people in every interaction? Don't miss a moment to get to know a person. Don't miss a moment to give somebody appreciation. Um, that has been something I've learned over the years that has been so important to me. And you just don't miss opportunities to make an impact on people in the world. It's, it's such a big part of, of my, uh, my mantra today. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today and um, best of luck and success through the rest of all of this. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank now. you, sir. Bye-bye. Once again, big thank you to Rich Walowski for coming on the show and spending that amount of time and being so honest. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Hopefully we can get him back and get an update here as to how things are going now that they are our title sponsor. I mean, come on, we got to get that right. And now that will be the Gordon Food Service final thought. It's a lot of fun there. We are going to have Sam McGee from Buds and Brews coming up here real soon. We have got so many people that are going to be on the show in the next month. I am uh, booked up with people coming in. I am so damn excited. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you love the show. Please go to NashRestaurantRadio.com in the next week and vote in the bracket challenge. I hope that you guys are being safe. Love you guys. Bye.